On the day this episode drops, nearly 1,500 teachers from all over the world will be enveloped in the 2022 Music Teachers National Conference. This year, I'm excited to experience the virtual conference in a new way by playing hostess to three music teacher friends in our home. Christina Whitlock of the Beyond Measure podcast, Joy Morin of Color in My Piano, and Jana Williamson, Top Music Co.'s current in-house intermediate repertoire expert. I'm recording this episode ahead of time, so I can't exactly say how it's going, but I'm confident there will be lots of food, fun, and chatter. In piano lesson world, we frequently circle back to the phrase that piano lessons are a lonely sport. This phrase can often ring true, not just for our students, but for independent studio owners as well. Unless we work for a community music school or university, unlike our school music teacher friends, many private studio owners don't see other colleagues in person on any kind of a regular basis. Not long ago, a teacher on a random social media post, I don't even remember who it was or what the post was, asked how in the world so many of us with online presences knew each other and were friends. It was a valid and interesting question that actually got me pondering a bit. How did I meet and develop relationships with each of my teacher friends? Since we don't necessarily live near each other, each friendship has its own unique story. In today's episode, we're going to look at four ways we as studio teachers can develop and nurture friendships with other teachers. Through each avenue, I'll also share the stories of how I met the three piano teacher friends who are hanging out with me this week. Welcome to the Piano Pantry Podcast, where together we live life as independent music teachers. I'm your host, Amy Chaplin. In this space, we talk about all things teacher life related, from organizing our studios to getting dinner on the table and all that comes between. You'll get loads of easily actionable tips on organizing and managing your studio while balancing life and home. I'm really excited to talk to you guys about making friends. It might seem like a simple topic and is certainly one that we don't exactly like go searching out as music teachers, but yet it's so important to the overall health and well-being of ourselves and our profession. So let's just jump right into it. The first way that we can develop and nurture friendships with other teachers is to make an effort to know and connect with other teachers in your community on a semi-regular basis, even if you're not a formal association. When I started working on my master's degree in 2011, I didn't even have to consider whether or not I would join a professional association. Coming out of a prior public school experience, I was just used to being a member of NAFME, the National Association for Music Education, which was known back then as Music Educators National Conference, MENC. It was simply a no-brainer. That's just what you did. (laughs) This is one of the many reasons why I continually scratch my head when I hear of teachers that kind of hem and haul over joining a national association. I mean, your doctor and dentist are probably part of a professional association, so why not you? Anyway, that's a little bit of a soapbox I need to get off of right now. (laughs) That's a topic for another day. Even though I was a collegiate student and part of Ball State's MT&A collegiate chapter, I also wanted to be part of a local association. At the time, the closest one to me and the one I knew I would be part of once I opened my full-time studio was at least a 60-minute drive. Once again, I just really thought nothing of it. It's just what I thought that you did. That is one of the first places I got to meet and grow relationships with some of my current teacher friends and colleagues to this day. Once I opened my full-time studio, since I was involved in a local association, I didn't really connect with other piano teachers in my own town right away. 
I knew their names and some of us would like email each other and just pass on information if we were um, like looking for students or had openings or whatever. Fast forward 10 years and I sat back and realized enough is enough. It is absolutely ridiculous that I know at least six people teaching private lessons in our town and some of them I wouldn't know if I walked by them. (laughs) So this past winter I put out a call to all of them and everyone was delighted to get together. It was very informal, and we just shared a little about ourselves, our background, and were able to put faces with names now. But I continue to ask myself, why in the world did we not do this sooner? I'm not really sure I have the answer, but I'm just glad it's something we finally did. So, once again, make an effort to know and connect with other teachers in your community on a regular basis, even if you're not a formal association. The second way we can develop and nurture friendships with each other is to get involved and be regular. Make an effort to get involved in something, whether it's your local association, a local festival, or volunteering for a state board. I would even count attending conferences regularly as a way of getting involved. Whether it's a district, state, or national conference, I implore you to attend, attend, attend. Going to one conference every five years makes it hard to develop relationships with people you may only see once or twice a year in person. But year after year? Even if you only see each other once a year, this is how I've made a lot of teacher friends I may have never otherwise met. Let me share a few stories. So Christina Whitlock and I both went through the same pedagogy program, but not at the same time. Though I'm a couple of years older than her, she went through her master's program at Ball State University just prior to my arrival. She, of course, was a star pedagogy student that I had heard a lot about and even watched a few teaching videos of. I do remember being surprised watching someone teach standing up as she did. (laughs) My teachers had never done that. Silly little things that you remember. It wasn't until a couple of years later when I was active on the Indiana State Music Teachers Association board that we slowly got to know each other. Sometimes even driving to board meetings or rooming together at conferences. Our friendship has grown a little more each year as we follow similar paths through MTNA leadership, including the presidency, Um, the state presidency, I should say, and into the world of becoming online influencers, if you will. It's because we're involved, though. We both attend things regularly and have gotten to know each other over the years. The story of how I became friends with Joy fits in here as well. In episode number 12 of this podcast, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, I reflect on the history of piano teaching blogs, including my own. In that episode, I mentioned the first time I met Joy, We were both working on our master's degrees through different universities, but attended a reader's dinner at the 2010 MTNA National Conference in Albuquerque, New Mexico, hosted by Natalie Weber of the Music Matters blog. Funnily enough, I just found out that Jennifer Fox was also at that same meal, but she didn't start her blog until the next year. Anyway, it wouldn't be until five years later that Joy and I would reconnect, and it was thanks to attending a conference. In 2015, I put out a request on social media looking for a roommate for the 2015 National Conference on Keyboard Pedagogy in Chicago. Joy answered my plea, offering to let me room with her and another friend, and the rest is history. See? Attend, attend, attend! (laughs) Get involved and be a regular attender. The third way we can develop and nurture friendships with other teachers is to be active on social media. I know that that's not in person, but it can become that. In the past two years, I've been a lot more engaged over on Instagram. As I mentioned in the last episode again, it's just a fun place to see what other teachers are doing without getting overwhelmed by what Facebook groups can sometimes bring. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of great things about Facebook groups. Instagram's just a little more low-key. Anyway, 
One day, Christina and I were catching up on FaceTime, and she told me her podcast had paved a new friendship between her and another teacher on Instagram named Jana Williamson. She said Jana was a rock star, and she super respected her, and they had a lot in common. Besides being the new queen of intermediate teaching videos, Jana offered consultation services. I, it had been a while since I had done like much professional development, so I decided to do one with Jana just for the heck of it. Well, if I'm being like totally honest, I really just kind of wanted to see what all the hype was from Christina. <laughs> anyway, she was totally right. It was a great session and you should book a consultation with Jana. But now she's a new friend eating at my table with my old friends. So get engaged on social media. The fourth and final way we can develop and nurture friendships with other teachers is to be intentional about cultivating them. This virtual conference gathering is just one example. I have to give kudos to Natalie Weber for this idea, though. She shared in a blog post right after COVID hit about an idea of having a virtual conference and renting an Airbnb to watch it. Genius! And just so you know, I'll pop a link to the show notes um, for you regarding that blog post if you want to look it up. If you can't see your teacher friends on a regular basis, then find ways to connect beyond even just social media. Maybe schedule a FaceTime check-in once a quarter and just catch up on each other's lives. Maybe it's texting each other directly when something silly happens in your studio or to ask each other for advice. Maybe you actually schedule a little mini getaway together. I recently saw a group of four teachers share photos on Instagram who are, I think from Texas, that get together once a year for what they call a piano teacher retreat. They went shopping, they just ate, they caught up. And, you know, just because we're teacher friends doesn't mean everything we do has to be about teaching. My husband and I were lucky to get to spend this past New Year's Eve with Joy and her husband and little daughter. It was a great time of games and food. And I'll tell you what, her husband cooks circles around even me. <laughs> so do what you can to intentionally cultivate the friendships even beyond your profession. As we wrap up, I wanted to circle back around to that question that someone once posed to me online. How in the world does so many of us online bloggers know each other and have friendships? I think I may have found the answer. I don't know if you've listened to the trailer of this podcast, but in it, I state that I consider myself the piano teacher version of a cross between Ina Garten, Marie Kondo, and the Lazy Genius. The latter of these ladies nailed the answer on the head in episode number 250 of her podcast, which I'll link to in the show notes. I'm going to quote her here. The Lazy Genius said... Developing relationships. Working on the internet is a weird job. It has become more normalized for sure, but it still has some very strange and unique challenges and characteristics that are as annoying as it sounds, hard to understand, unless you're actually experiencing them. I think that's why you see a lot of podcasters, authors, and influencers becoming friends. It's about meeting someone who gets it, who gets you. I hesitate to even talk about it because it can very quickly sound exclusive, which I absolutely hate, but... The best way I can kind of describe it is it's like going to a party and meeting someone who loves throwing a glass as much as you, or who has a kid with the same temperament as yours, or who is the only woman in her office just like you, and you have something that immediately connects you. The same is true with work on the internet. It's a relief to connect with someone who understands what you're going through. End quote. Yes, amen and amen, Kendra Adachi, the lazy genius. I couldn't have said it better. All the stories I've told you today are not necessarily unique. I can't tell you how many times I've had piano teacher colleagues tell me they've had a lifelong friendship with someone 
they were blindly paired to room with at a conference or MTNA leadership summit. It's just so cool. So let's remember to one, make an effort to know and connect with other teachers in your area. Two, get involved and regularly attend anything you can, such as festivals and conferences. Three, be active on social media. And four, intentionally cultivate the friendship, even beyond the profession. If you've enjoyed this episode, would you be a friend, even from afar, and drop by Apple Podcasts to leave a review? Here's what one listener had to say. Amy brings charm, precision, and a refreshing take on studio life to her new podcast. I've always loved the unique combination of teaching tips, foodie news, and organizational hacks Amy offers on pianopantry.com, and I'm so happy to have her voice in my ears. I'm excited for more of these bite-sized episodes. Thanks, Piano Mama 109 for leaving a review. I really appreciate it. Thanks for sticking around to hear this week's fun fact about me, your host. Since it's spring break in my part of the world, I thought I would share that I'm actually not a big ocean person. In fact, I could potentially go to the beach on vacation and care less if I actually got in the water. I'm just not a big water person in general, I guess. I don't mind jumping in a pool a little bit, but swimming's just not super my thing. In fact, we would probably rather vacation in the mountains than at the beach if I had to choose. How about you? See you next week.